Sarah, I know that you have been on this podcast many times at this point, and it probably goes without saying, but I feel like we should officially announce and ask if you will be the new co-host of Flywheel Fridays. It would be my honor and privilege, Alex. (laughs) And Kate, co-host. Yeah, wait, why am I even? I'm just like the moderator of this thing. Kate, you you should be the one asking. (laughs) I guess that's true. Do you want me to ask? Yeah, sure. Sarah, will you do us the honor of being the new co-host of Flywheel Fridays? I would absolutely love that, Kate. Thank you. Hooray! This is where we pop the virtual champagne. Hi, welcome to Flywheel Fridays, keeping up with the federal IT news cycle, one conversation at a time. I'm Alexander Bolova, media producer for GovCIO Media and Research. With me today are my wonderful co-hosts, Deputy Editor Kate Macri, and Staff Writer Researcher Sarah Cyber. Kate and Sarah, welcome to the show. Thanks, Alex. Pleasure to be here. We've had a busy couple of weeks here at GovCIO Media and Research, with our researchers attending a variety of events and conferences. Today, we're going to go over top takeaways from three of them. Last week's 2022 Veterans Health Administration Innovation Experience, and this week's CyberSatGov and FedHealth IT's Women in Leadership Awards. To start our conversation, Kate and Sarah, can you give me a brief overview of what these conferences were all about? Yeah, thanks, Alex. So IEX is VHA's annual conference, and it focuses on cutting-edge innovation, digital health solutions, and novel care delivery models. This year's theme was reimagining veterans' health care, so there are a lot of discussions around improving access, effectiveness, efficiency, experience, and equity. Kate, what about you? So I attended CyberSatGov 2022 in Reston, Virginia yesterday, which was a hike. And my colleague, Anastasia Obis, is there today. She was actually with me there yesterday as well. Um, So it was all about cybersecurity and satellites, which is a very relevant conversation right now because of the Russia-Ukraine war. And then FedHealth IT's Women in Leadership Awards recognized women leading organizations and strategic programs across federal civilian, federal health, military health, and technology landscapes. Let's go back to IEX. Sarah, what were your takeaways from this conference? I think the big one was trying to find value in innovation. So VHA's chief officer of the Office of Healthcare Information and Learning, Ryan Vega, explained that his team has been focusing on determining the value of innovation. He noted that it's not a one-and-done determination. It's something that has to be continually analyzed because healthcare and veterans' health needs are continually evolving. It also has to be valuable for the stakeholders, providers, and even systems so that innovation benefits the care pathways and all the people involved from the beginning of the process to the end. That means that systems have to be easy to use, interoperable, help clinicians. All of this is just as important as helping the patient. During a panel featuring BARDA, CMS, DOD, and VA, 
innovation leaders discussed some of the cross-government collaborations that are breaking down silos and improving care models. One example comes out of VA and FDA. So earlier this year, VHA announced a new collaboration with FDA to streamline testing methods for new products like medical devices. Beth Ripley, VHA's Deputy Chief Officer for the Office of Healthcare Innovation and Learning, explained that this collaboration guides innovators through the FDA's regulatory process to streamline approvals and support compliant innovation. She said that it will be a huge enabler, especially for innovators that don't have access to much capital or experience in the federal development space. The Defense Department also collaborates with VA to support the transition from service member to veteran, especially from a healthcare perspective. Nat Higgins, program manager of DOD's Defense Innovation Unit, said that his team has made an effort to identify areas of alignment with VA to create synergies so that the two agencies aren't duplicating products or efforts and then can share best practices. Thank you, Sarah. Kate, tell me about CyberSatGov. Uh, CyberSatGov is a little bit of a niche topic, but it's pretty relevant right now, at least in the defense and national security community, because a senior foreign ministry official from Russia last week said that U.S. commercial satellites aiding Ukraine are considered a target <laughs> to Russia. So that makes it a pretty big deal. And they talked about that a lot at the conference yesterday, and I assume they're talking about it a lot today as well. So one of the things that the industry was saying yesterday is that they're they're really concerned about the degree of cyber hygiene going on with, you know, satellites and like all the sensors and computers that are, you know, attached to the satellites. And they're concerned about like how efficient security controls are and how those are being monitored. They're also pretty concerned about, and this is more of a forward-looking concern, they're concerned about encryption because quantum computing can potentially at some point break encryption around data. So the way they described it was, Encryption is like putting a suit of armor around your king. It deflects everything, and then someone invents the crossbow. So, like, that's the concern with quantum computing and post-quantum cryptography. So they use this term called crypto agility, which they said is going to be pretty essential. We're going to need to have some kind of, like, hybrid encryption approach to protecting data where you're accounting for legacy encryption measures and then post-quantum. Another interesting little factoid is for every dollar spent globally on quantum research, China's spending 50 cents of that. So that's a little scary for the U.S. commercial satellite industry, especially because DOD, U.S. military relies very heavily on U.S. commercial satellites for mission-critical communications. So does U.S. critical infrastructure. It's starting to become a bigger cybersecurity issue. So Space Systems Command has a commercial satellite services office. And the goal of this office is to make sure that commercial satellites and all of the vendors who are providing different space systems technologies are staying 
up to date on the latest, you know, cybersecurity rules and requirements and keeping up with emerging cyber threats around this area. So the Space Systems Command Commercial Services Office said that they're going to issue an RFI at the end of the month outlining some goals and requirements for potential industry candidates to participate in an upcoming pilot for new satellite cybersecurity guidance. I don't want to go into too much of what that's about here because I want people to go read the story on our website. But basically, the idea is to streamline the cybersecurity risk assessment process for some of these new satellite technologies for DoD so that DoD can get their hands on you know, new tech, new innovative things happening in commercial satellite industry without compromising cybersecurity and so that they're keeping cybersecurity at the forefront of the acquisition process, which is going to be really important going forward. I also wanted to add something about the encryption discussion. So the reason why encryption was such a big topic yesterday is because most encrypted data has a life cycle lifespan of 10 years. So quantum computing is in the very, very early stages right now, but industry expects quantum computing to be able to break encryption in about, you know, 10 to 15 years, which means that encrypted data that is being stolen right now could potentially be accessible to foreign adversaries by the time they get around to like being able to break it, if that makes sense from like a timeline perspective. So like, that's why it's a huge concern right now. <laughs> so just wanted to say that. Also, we got a great quote from Anastasia Obis today, staff writer at GovCIO Media and Research. She's covering CyberStack.gov today and should have a couple of articles coming out about it. So she has a quote from... Space Force Senior Cyber Advisor Colonel John P. Smale, who said that spacecraft without cyber are just debris. So back to Sarah. That's very cool. <laughs> and then a huge focus point of Fed Health IT's Women in Leadership Awards was diversity, equity, inclusion, and access, and also building a culture of innovation. Carolyn Clancy, who's uh, VHA's Deputy Undersecretary for Health for the Office of Discovery, Education, and Affiliate Networks. Her keynote address, she explained that VHA is leveraging human-centered design to provide veterans with best practices and technologies to meet them where they're at and better understand what solutions work best for them. Human-centered design is also important for the workforce to ensure that applications are easy to use and support change management as federal employees adopt new technologies. So the Department of Labor's Deputy Chief Technology Officer, uh, Michelle Thomas, explained that modernization and more importantly, adopting modern solutions is a paradigm shift that can't be done without human-centered design. Corey Hughes, Program Integration Director for the firm and PEO Defense Healthcare Management Systems, said that her team is taking a boots-on-the-ground approach, having leaders on the front lines to support uh, new system implementation. This is especially important for her team because they're responsible for implementing DOD's electronic health record. And she updated us on the status of the rollout, noting that EHR rollout is now at 67% deployed, which is really exciting. 
Ultimately, the end goal is to create a single common health record from service member to veteran. So that includes all of the services, veterans affairs. Uh, it's a huge undertaking. Before we wrap up our conversation today, is there anything from the conferences themselves being there in person that you want to talk about or bring up? I will say the one benefit to being at an in-person conference yesterday, especially since I had a pretty lengthy, in-depth story about satellite cybersecurity, is that one of the government speakers, uh, Jared Reese, who is the branch chief for Space Systems Command's Commercial Solutions Office, I was able to go up and talk to him and ask him a couple of questions and get some clarification on what he talked about for my story, which was really nice. And you can't do that in a virtual environment. So that was handy. Yeah, I'm thinking about uh, if there's a common thread from both IEX and FedHealth IT's Women in Leadership Award. And I think there's a lot of emphasis between the two on soft skills, especially when we're talking about the workforce, like, and we know with some of the challenges that uh, agencies have seen with the cyber workforce, uh, I think we're moving away from hard five-year minimum requirements and must have experience in this area for a certain amount of time and have done this and are trained on this uh, to how people look at and approach different challenges or look at innovation. Like that's where new ideas come from is from uh, having a culture, like a thinking exploratory mindset as opposed to you know, just having experience in a certain topic. Uh, so I think that's something leaders at uh, both of my events emphasized. Thank you, Kate and Sarah. Articles related to these conferences and events can be found on our website, govciomedia.com. We'll be back in two weeks for another episode. But until then, that's all for today's Flywheel Fridays. If you enjoyed this episode, keep the conversation turning by subscribing and leaving a review on the podcast platform of your choice. I'm Alexander Bolova. I'm Kate Macri. I'm Sarah Seibert. Thank you for listening. Flywheel Fridays, along with GovCast, HealthCast, and CyberCast, is a production of GovCIO Media and Research. For more podcasts and to check out the other shows, head to govciomedia.com. Watch out for new episodes released weekly across our shows. You can follow all of them in your favorite podcast platform. And if you like what you heard, make sure to let us know by leaving a review. And if you have any topics you think we should look into, contact us at newsletter at govcio.com.